Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today is part two of the incredible conversation we had with Mr. Sonny Melendrez. Steph, how crazy was the second part of this conversation with Sonny? He was like a fountain of stories. Fountain of stories. You guys, his stories were so crazy. He told us how he was in the movie Rocky II. Then he talks about how he met Pope John Paul II and then proceeds to tell us how he met Nancy Reagan. Or Sonny's like, hey, let me tell you guys about that time I proposed to my wife at Disneyland. <laughs> and we're just like, what? What, this what is, is happening? Incredible. This is amazing. As you're about to find out, this conversation was full of surprises. Can't wait for you to hear part two of our conversation with Mr. Sonny Melendrez. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. All right. So back to Sunny. Fun facts. Sunny is truly the man of a thousand voices, as we've already heard. So he's provided the voices of several characters, Hannah Barbera's Jetsons. He's created many of the sounds heard in the Gremlins movie. <gasps> oh. He's played opposite Walter Matthau as the voice of Bob Cratchit in the animated TV classic, The Stingiest Man in Town. Then he was chosen from a field of over 140,000 people as the new voice of the parquet margarine talking tub. Oh my gosh, I got to hear it. I got to hear it. I There's got to be it. a good story on that one. Well, to tell you the truth, when they sent out the press release, I just went ahead and sent a tape. And then they said, you're in the top 10. But we wanted you to do it again. They gave me another script. So I did the script in English and Spanish. Okay. And that really got their attention. And so I ended up getting the job. But as you remember, there was a, the talking tub. It says, batter, 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 parquet. In Spanish, mantequilla, 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 porque. <laughs> porque means why in Spanish. <laughs> so how long... Did that marketing campaign last then with the parquet butter where you, you were doing the voice? I want to say it was a good five years because then parquet got bought out by Nabisco and Nabisco ended up coming out with another product that took its place. Okay. I'll tell you another voice that I did that you probably heard. Remember the uh, Raid commercials with a big can and there was a little bug that would look yes. up the can and say, well, I was the voice of... Oh, no, it's <laughs> I remember this. I remember. Oh, you're, you're crying I'm, laughing I'm right now. I'm crying. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking to the cockroach <laughs> in that commercial. You know, you talk about your dreams of being with Disney. Being on the radio, I just talked to the roach that was in that raid commercial. 
That is amazing. Oh, that's really good. Oh, my God. We are literally crying that laughing over awful. here, Sonny. That's so good. Oh, that's funny. All right. So back to Sonny. Fun facts. <laughs> President Ronald Reagan <gasps> commended Sonny for his efforts in the war on drugs, and he received the National Director's Community Leadership Award by the FBI. Okay, we need to stop right there. I love President Reagan. Who didn't? I love President Reagan. You have to have a good story about him. Well, I didn't meet President Reagan, but I met Nancy back when uh, Just Say No in the 80s. They had this big campaign. That was her big thing was the, the war on drugs. And people said that it really didn't work, but it did. In fact, I've had so many kids now grown up saying to me, I remember when you came to my school, because I've been to literally almost 1,500 schools with the, the Just Say No program, and they invited me to come to Washington to MC the national rally with 50,000 kids oh and Nancy Reagan. But then later, about two weeks later, I got the letter from President Reagan, and it was, it was really special. But I'll tell you something. The idea of taking time to tell kids that drugs are not necessary in their lives, but there's so many other things that they can look forward to and big dreams and things they've got to do and how drugs really just get in their way. And so one time I was at a school and I was about to go on stage and I was standing next to to a gentleman and he says, you came to my school when I was in sixth grade. I said, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, I've never forgotten what you said. And I said, so what do you do now? He says, I teach sixth grade here. No. So he was a sixth grade teacher, and he'd been one of the kids in the audience. So you, ju- you just never know. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so you mentioned being MC, 50,000 kids. How on God's green earth do you get 50,000 kids to be quiet <laughs> so you can talk? <laughs> well, this was, this was at, the, at the Lincoln Memorial. This was the of kids. And they were all there from all the different cities, all wearing their Just Say No shirts. And got this great picture of me on stage having everybody take the pledge. And Nancy Reagan is sitting with a group of kids, and she's had her hands raised. But it was just a phenomenal thing. And I'll tell you something else. I've really been fortunate to have shaken the hands of four different presidents, maybe five. Really? One of them was when I went to Washington, I was asked to MC the White House Hispanic Heritage Awards, which I did seven times. And one time, President Bush, George Walker Bush, was president, and he had a reception in the South Lawn. Okay. And I introduced him and, of course, shook his hand, and everybody spoke. And I went off the stage, and I thought to myself, my gosh, have I made it or what? You know, I have just introduced the president of the United States. I'm about to do this big deal. I mean, I had a a head this big. At that moment, I hear my name called from across the uh, the lawn. And this gentleman says, Sonny, Sonny Melendrez. Hey, Sonny. So I think to myself, here's somebody who recognizes me in Washington, D.C. I walk over. Sure enough, it was a family from San Antonio. And he says, Sonny Melendrez, oh my goodness, can we take a picture? And I said, absolutely. So he goes over and gets the camera from his wife and hands it to me. (laughs) 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 Boom. (laughs) He's like, I know that guy. Everybody smile. He'll take our picture. (laughs) 
I don't know anybody else, but Sonny yeah, will take our yeah, picture. Yeah. <laughs> I thought at first you were going to say, oh, another autograph seeker. Sure. Yeah, come over here. Oh. I thought you were going to say he's parallel parked or something. <laughs> <laughs> His car's being towed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. But how cool to be on the White House lawn. I and introduce a president. Oh, yeah. Experience. And I, I had a friend who is a speechwriter for President Bush. But the night before, he wasn't at the White House. He was, I think, at Camp David. Okay. And so he got me into the Oval Office. And I actually sat. Now, this is before phones with cameras, et cetera. And I sat in the Oval Office. And just then, the guard came into the doorway and said, uh, we got an arrival. And that meant that the president with the helicopter was going to land. So we had to leave. So that was it. But, I mean, no, it was it was just a thrill. I mean, the White House, you know. Wow. The White House. Yeah. Was there like a, a nuclear weapon button right there on the desk? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that the buck stops here, that sign was there. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Sonny was inducted into the Texas Radio Hall of Fame in 2003 the San Antonio Radio Hall of Fame in 2017 and is included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the top 100 radio personalities of all time. Wow. That is incredible. So do you get sick of giving all this, these speeches <laughs> and you have to show up at all these events, Sonny? I mean, probably gets old after a while, sir. No, no, because that's what I was born to do. In fact, my, if you look at my bio, it says Sonny Melendez is in the business of making people happy. And that's what I do. I try every single day, whether it's one person or thousands, just to make people happy. Sonny, you know, that's interesting. I'm the same way. I wake up every morning. I'm in the business of making Stephanie Mason happy. <laughs> that's, that's what I say every time I look in the mirror. I'm in the business of making that woman happy. But then he opens his mouth and it's already ruined. <laughs> you, could have, you could have a second podcast and have it be this conversation here. Right. And, and just say it, it's, uh, you know, it's Steph and Kevin in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> so the city of San Antonio named the Sonny Melendrez Community Center in his honor as a way to say thank you for all the community service that he's done. Mm -hmm. The Sonny Melendrez Children's Foundation was created in 1998 to help disabled and advantaged youth in San Antonio. It is estimated stuff. He has helped raise over $100 million in cash, oh. goods, services for local and national charities over the last 25 years. Now over $100 that, million. Dollars. Everything about you is just incredible. Oh, thank that you. just, thank you. wow. That's and, amazing. You know, I, I'm just fortunate to be in the position to be able to do things in a big way. But here's the thing that I've noticed. People only need to be asked to help someone. People just want to give, and they need only to be asked and given the opportunity. And that's what I've done all my life. I've given people the opportunity to do what they do best, and that is to give back to life. Oh, oh that's so good. I mean, Sonny, God bless you, sir, in regards to how you've used your platform mm. to help people, right? Or to make them laugh Thank or you. encourage them or raise money. Or make people laugh, which is so important right now. I mean, you have our respect, sir, for, for that. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, I, the, the joy that's coming from the two of you. What city are you in? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Well, that's not far from the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Correct. Fame. Correct. Which I have not been to yet. So when I do, <gasps> I'll let you guys know. Maybe we can uh, connect. That would be amazing. 
Let's yeah. take a tour with Sonny. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yes. Oh, I love it. Love it. Hey, yes. And we'll get childcare for that too, we'll get Sonny. Child- <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, how old are your kids? Our oldest just turned 10, and then we have a six year old and a three year old. Oh my goodness. And what are they, boys and girls? Girl, what? girl, boy. Wow, yeah. how beautiful. They're going to love this episode hearing your Oh voices. my gosh, yes. They're going to love this episode. Well, give me their names. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay, Emmy, L E L L E, Tate, and Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Tate. It's funny. Tate, Tate always says, I'm Tate Man. Like he's a superhero. He's always like, yeah. Tate Man. Tate Man. Are you Tate? No, I Tate Man. That's okay. right, buddy. Here we go. Hi, Emmy. Hi, L. Hi, Tate. My name is Sonny. And guess what? I think there's some friends that want to meet you. Oh, look, it's Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy. Oh, wow. Here comes Mickey. Oh, hiya, boys and girls. It's me, Mickey. Hey, Mickey, say hi to L and to Tate and to Emmy. Oh, hiya, Emmy. Hiya, Tate. Oh, is that Tate Man? Yeah, that's right. He's Tate Man. Tate Man. Wow, that's great. Oh, 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 and is that L? That's L, exactly. And who else do you bring with you? Oh, I brought Goofy. You want to see him? Yeah, let's see Goofy. Gorsh. <laughs> it's me, a, a Goofy. Oh, my goodness. Look, there is Emmy and L and oh, it's Tate Man. <laughs> oh, I'm so bashful, but it sure was good to meet you. Oh, here comes Donald Duck. He's in a really bad mood. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> There you go. Love your mom and dad. Kiss them as many times as possible because you never can give them too much love. Bye-bye. And you just made my oh wife my cry. Oh, my gosh. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> She's crying. She's literally crying over here. Oh, my gosh. That was Thank amazing. You. Thank you. God bless you. Oh, my gosh. I need a tissue. Kevin, do you like to help your friends out? It depends. If our friends are asking me to help them move, then no, I absolutely do not (laughs) like to help my friends out. But what if your friend had a weekly radio show and podcast and just wanted you to tell someone about it? Yes, I could totally do that. That is much easier than me trying to carry a piano down into a basement, which has happened to me in the past, and you know who you are. (laughs) friends. We are not asking you to carry a piano for us, but if you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. But regardless, thank you for listening. Sunny here has written the book titled The Art of Living with Enthusiasm, which offers stories of his personal experiences with many famous personalities, like he's mentioned from Jerry Seinfeld, Steve Martin, Bob Hope, <gasps> Pope John Paul II, and are we stopping there? No, I am just blown away right now. Like Steve Martin, oh my gosh, you know what movie you could have been amazing in? Three Amigos. <laughs> Wouldn't you be amazing? Okay, let me tell you my Steve Martin story. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. So 
about seven years ago, Steve wrote a book called Born Standing Up. And it was the story of all when he was his years on Saturday Night Live and when he was doing stand up, et cetera. My wife bought the book and she kept wanting to read me from it. And I said, no, no, don't don't read. I want to read the whole thing. So it was a Friday night. I'm in my office at home and I hear this scream. Sonny, Sonny. I thought she had fallen or something. I run to the bedroom. She's sitting on the bed and she's got the book. She says, listen to this, listen to this. And she starts reading from the book. And I'm thinking to myself, I've heard that before. And then I realized I wrote it. And here's what happened. Steve Martin was looking for newspaper clips, anything that had to do with those years when he was out on the road. And I had written a blog about when Steve Martin came to the studio. He called me while I was on the air in L.A., it was a, a Saturday night, and he said, we just finished the Just Get Small album, Okay. and would you like to premiere it on your show? I said, come on down. So he came down, had a whole hour with Steve Martin. We played clips of the album, and what I wrote about in the blog entry, I said that Steve was just a wild and crazy guy the whole time, but then at the very end, he said, Sonny, I want to ask you something. You know, I listen to your show all the time, and I feel like I, I've known you. I feel like you're my friend. I feel like I could ask you this. And I said, sure, Steve, you can ask me anything. And Steve says, what time is it? <laughs> now, here's, here's the unbelievable part. That's the end of the book. That was? That, that's the last chapter of his book. What time is it is the last words of the book. And so I went to Barnes & Noble the next day to get hopefully an audio version of it. And there was indeed one. And the incredible part about it is that when I tell this story, when I speak at, at different functions, I will play Steve Martin reading that last chapter. And then I'll say, and so without knowing it, I wrote the end of Steve Martin's <laughs> book. Yes. And Steve is going to be writing the foreword to my book. And everybody applauds. Oh, wow, that's great. And then I pause and I say, he just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> How shocking would that be? Yeah. That experience with your wife? Yeah, that's, and get that's this, incredible. I still have that interview. Do you really? Do you? I do. I do. So, okay, so, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. So tell me one of them that you have recorded that was maybe just somebody that no one really knows and then became huge. Well, Rolling Stones. Well, Rolling Stones, yes, but okay. what else? All right, yeah, I've got one. So when I was in El Paso working at this little daytime station, and that's really where I learned broadcasting. And so back then, we had to have records, and they wore out. And uh, if you were at the number one station, you could call a record company and say, we need 10 more copies of the Beatles, such and such, and they would send them to you. And with us, we had to kind of beg. And so I had an idea of how to get some fresh copies of our oldies. Okay. And we had a big thing where we had an auction. I had some record companies send me brand new albums from the Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones. And then we, we, took, we took them to this little shopping center. It was an outdoor shopping center. And we had a little stage there. And we said, okay, bring your 45s and you can trade them for a brand new album. 
We'd say, okay, I got a brand new Led Zeppelin. Who, how would I hear 20, 35, 50? So we get like, you know, a hundred <laughs> records. And a lot of these kids that came, they had their big sister's collections. <laughs> so they were like, you know, they were, you know, immaculate. They were just perfect. And they were in little sleeves and everything else. But the record companies, one of the companies was RCA. And RCA said, we have a new artist that we're trying to get out there. Could he come and maybe interview him on stage? I said, sure, absolutely. So he came on stage, real nice guy, soft-spoken. He had just written one song, and the song was Leaving on a Jet Plane. And the singer was, go ahead. I, can't, I, can't, I am singing the song in my head, and his name just left me. John Denver. Thank you. Oh, wow. my gosh. I'm singing the song in my head. Leave it yeah. on the yeah. plane. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, here's the thing about artists and celebrities. They're all people. And they all want to be treated as people. And I've noticed that they all want to have fun, but in a, a genuine way. You don't have to put them up on a pedestal. And there are some who are prima donnas, but for the most part, the bigger they are, the more they tend to be just like you and me. Wow. <laughs> I remember one time in LA, I got a, a call from an agent and he says, you're up for a reporter on a uh, sequel to a show that a movie that just, just took place. And it was the, one of the biggest movies in the world. In fact, the star of the show was one of the, the biggest stars, movie stars in the world. And so I remember going to the MGM studios and I went into this little office and they said, he'll be right with you. I'm waiting for the casting director. And in comes the star, the guy who not only starred in the movie, but also wrote the movie. Oh wow! And he picks up the script and he looks at, he says, oh, this guy just has one line. And he goes, here, this guy's had like five lines. Here, read those. And so I read the lines as a reporter asking questions and he says, uh, what are you doing Tuesday? I said, I'm free. So I ended up being a reporter on the sequel to Rocky. <gasps> no. Asked by Sylvester Stallone. You're in Rocky 2? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's the scene where they announce the rematch between Apollo Creed and Rocky. And it's in yes. the, uh, the commissioner's office. Yes. And all the reporters are sh shouting questions. You'll yes. see me. I've got a big afro. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking him questions. And that was done at a, at actually at a vacant uh, bank building in downtown L.A. It was like maybe a two-minute scene, and it took like, you know, a day and a half to do. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yeah. That's amazing. So I still have a beef with my wife about the Rocky movie series. So, Sonny, when we got yeah. married, yeah. of course, I have my bachelor pad, an apartment. And in the living room was... The poster framed of Rocky IV with Sylvester Stallone and the Russian and just very patriotic. And like, I loved it so yeah. much so that I had it framed. Well, guess what was the very first thing that went in the garbage when we got married? Oh, no. Thank you. Oh, okay. The no. framed Rocky yeah. picture. No, 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 no. Okay. Let me... Couldn't even get in the basement. All right. All right. Now let's get the true story here, Sonny. <laughs> Framed was from the dollar store frame. It was not it was not matted in a nice no details. Like, still, no, still it, it was still the framed. poster, not the frame. Thank you. No, but no. But you know what? 
you could say take it down, but don't throw it away. Thank you. I didn't tell oh, my you. Goodness. No, 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 no. I'm keeping he this recording kept, forever. He could Steph. have kept that. It just couldn't go in our kitchen. <laughs> no, I understand that. Yeah, I understand yeah, that. Thank you. See. All right, Steph. I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> What's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Uh, So how did you meet Pope John Paul II? Another unbelievable serendipity. And again, you know, these gifts just come into my life. But again, it goes back to an opportunity and then taking advantage of it by acting upon it. Yes. I had just done a a rally at an all-girls school here in San Antonio, St. Francis Academy. And the nun who had uh, asked me to come and speak to the girls, and she said, Sonny, if you're ever in Rome, our order of nuns takes care of the Vatican. Maybe we could get you to see the Pope. I thought, well, I'm going to Rome. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've got a, I got the hook Book up my here. flight. You're Whoa. like, Linda, book our flight, <laughs> so, babe. The wheels in motion are already working in my head. And that morning, oddly enough, I'd read in the paper, because the Pope was coming to San Antonio. He was coming to the United States. And San Antonio was one of the cities. It was 1987. And around that time, there was an article about children in Seattle writing to the Pope so that when he came there, he could speak about the things that were on their mind. And I thought, what a great idea. It'd be great for the children of San Antonio to write to the Pope. So then when I, the nun told me that, Sister Joe, that night I went to a grand opening of a travel agency and I met the national promotions director for one of the big airlines. Back then it was TWA, Trans World Airlines. And he said to me, he says, listen, if you ever come up with an idea for promotion, let me know. You know, we got a brand new flight that we're trying to promote from New York to Rome. And I thought, oh. uh, well, as a matter of fact, we're working on a promotion to take letters from the children of San Antonio to Rome to deliver to the Pope. And he says, well, put it together and let me see what I can do. So sure enough, he said, okay, you've got two first-class tickets to Rome. And so now I had to get the time off and I had just done my vacation. So it's not like I I could just get the time off. So I walked into my boss's office and I said, we're going to Rome. (laughs) (laughs) And do it enthusiastic as can be, right? right? Exactly. (laughs) And then I told him what the deal was. He said, let's do it. So we had a big promotion. All these kids wrote hundreds of letters. And so there I was taking them to Rome. Now, we had a letter from the archbishop here in San Antonio, Archbishop Flores, who was a good friend of the Pope. So we get to Rome and we call the Vatican Nobody knows anything. We're in the gift shop of St. Peter's Square, 
And one of the nuns who worked there says, I heard you talking and I, I, I know the American Cardinal. Would you like me to call him? I said, oh, please, sister. So he does. We explained everything to him. And he says, let me see what I can do. He calls back and says, all right, there'll be tickets at your hotel for tomorrow's appearance. And so we thought it's going to be with all the crowd looking up at the window and he comes out and waves at everybody because it was going to be an appearance. So we get to the event and we've got these tickets that say prima fila because it was all in Italian. We hand it to the Swiss guard. And he goes, prima fila, ah, prima fila, prima fila. So now he takes us down prima first fila row. No. First row inside the Casa Pontifica, which holds about 2,000 people. And we're there on the front row, literally like 15, 20 feet from the Pope for two and a half hours. It was, it was just incredible. So afterwards, they came to us in the front row. They said, everyone's going to leave. You stay where you are. So we stayed in our seats. And then the Pope came to each one of us and shook our hands. And everybody kissed his ring, except me, because I was telling him what these letters were for. And they were from San Antonio. And, and he says, ah, San Antonio. And he was very, very pleased. And so we had pictures. We even had video of the whole thing. But everyone had kissed his ring, except me. Fast forward three months. He comes to San Antonio. I'm the MC at one of the locations. There's about 5,000 people at a place called the Guadalupe Plaza. And so I'm there with the audience for the whole day. And the finally Secret Service says to me, the Pope will be here in three minutes. Please have everybody take their seats and you take your seat as well. And so I told everybody and they're all cheering. He walks through this breezeway just a few feet from me and walks up to the audience. And he's got his, he's wearing all white and he's hands up. Everybody's going crazy. They're cheering. He walks up to me and hugs me. And I'm thinking, what? Unbelievable. And then he hugs the lady next to me, who was one of the, the news lady from KTSA, her name was Elizabeth Ruiz. And when he hugged her, I saw his ring on her back. And so I lunged over and <laughs> <laughs> I kissed her real quick. <laughs> I kissed the ring. Okay, I have a question because I'm a hugger. Oh, gosh. How was the hug? Was it like a bear hug? Was it just like a tap tap hug? How it was, was in between. It, it was, was in between, between, but it wasn't a tap tap hug. That's it good. Was, so it was normal. It was a hug. It was, it was a hug. It was genuine, yeah. I love that. So final fun fact here. So as you already know, Sonny lives in San Antonio, Texas, and most importantly, a few weeks ago, celebrated his 38th wedding anniversary with his beautiful wife, beautiful, Linda. Beautiful, you guys. We saw a picture. Kevin showed me a picture of he and Linda. I don't know if it was at a restaurant, but you were at a tux, and you guys just looked beautiful together. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. The night we got engaged, it was her birthday, and this was 1983. We met in April. And on June 5th, her birthday, we got in my car and we were dressed up. We we're going to go to dinner. And I said to her, I said, now, you know, we don't have to do anything special as long as we're together. Right. She says, yeah, right. I said, wrong. Get out of the car. So <laughs> we walk out to the, the curb of my house and I snap my fingers and here comes this big stretch limo. <gasps> Get in the limo. And the first stop is a flower shop. Lady comes out and gives her dozen roses and so we kept going to different places and her friends 
were at different places giving her gifts that I had given to them to give it to her throughout the evening. And then we end up at a restaurant called the Top of Five at the Bonaventure Hotel. It's the restaurant that revolves downtown Los Angeles. And we had a beautiful dinner and we, we go downstairs and I said, we have one more stop to make. And we get in the limousine, we're talking for, seems like just 10 minutes. It was actually half an hour. And all of a sudden we pull up in front of Disneyland and it's 1130. And I look at her, I said, all right, Linderella, that's what I call her. <laughs> Linderella, you've got 30 minutes to make it to the castle. So we get out, we're all dressed up. She's wearing heels. It's full of tourists and the, and the magical electrical light parade is going on. And so we're weaving in and out of all these people and they're all watching and the, and the floats are going by. And then finally we get to the castle. In fact, at Disneyland, it's Snow White's castle. But so we get to the castle and I gave her a card and she opened it and it was in the shape of an Aladdin's lamp. Okay. And it says, close your eyes, rub the lamp and make a wish. And she did. And when she opened her eyes, I had the engagement ring. And, she, and I asked her to marry me. And she said, yes. And that exact moment, the float with Cinderella and the prince came by with the clock striking midnight. Bong, bong, no. bong. And that was the night we got engaged. That might be the best engagement story. Best engagement story I've ever. ever. That's really good. <laughs> I, I tell people, how you propose matters. Yeah, yeah, it's forever. The first thing is, show me the ring. The second thing is, how did he propose? Yep. That, right. and of course you got this story for the rest of her life yep. now. That's good. So Sunny, tell us about your podcast and radio show titled... The Sunny Melendra Show, because it's really, really good. So can you please tell us about that? Oh, yes. Well, this began with doing radio all my life. So these shows, in many cases, it's people that I've known for several years, like Rita Moreno, first person to get a Grammy, uh, an Oscar, a Tony, and, a, an, Emmy. and an Emmy. Yeah. She was on West and, Side Story. Uh, yeah, West Side Story. And so recently I, I interviewed her, and hers, well, I actually did it in person. I just interviewed Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis I saw that. is in his 80s, and he's been recording for over 60 years, going on 70 years. He's the longest, not only recording artist, but performing artist. He just went back out on the road. Jeez. No? He sounded really good in that interview, too. Oh, he sounded fantastic. He sounded yeah. amazing. No, exactly. But that's what the show is about. It's about people who are entertainers in many different ways. Some are speakers, some are uh, artists in different ways. And then I do a deep dive into their childhood. I've, I've always just been mesmerized by what people are as children. And I noticed that somewhere in that childhood was a, a diamond waiting to come out. And so I, I tend to bring out, hopefully, the, the best in them, just like you guys are doing. Oh, My goodness. Thank you. Guys you not only are just so delightful, but so real. To me, the highlight of this podcast, this interview right here, is, is Steph's silent laugh. <laughs> That's the greatest part where you go. <laughs> well, that's one reason, Sonny, why I don't fill her in on fun facts. Good. Yeah, as you, as you should. 
as you should. Because I want our guests, like yourself, to see her genuine, right. authentic right. reaction. Because right. this this is real. This isn't an act. My wife's personality and enthusiasm, because we've gotten comments from listeners. Is Steph actually like that, right? Or is that an act? I'm like, no, no, no. She's like this at 5 a.m., right? It is disgusting. She's like this starting at 5 a.m. every morning, and it's just like, oh, my Lord, can you please bring it down a level? Oh, my kind of girl. See, she's, see, she's the sunny in yours deal. Because my wife doesn't get started till the crack of noon, you know, as far as. Uh, yes, uh, getting yeah, going. Hold back, hold back. You know, because I get up at like 4.35 o'clock. So by the time she gets up, I'd say nine, I'm raring to go. I want to tell her this and tell her that. You know, oh, no, 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 wait, just wait. You know, so I've learned. <laughs> oh. Well, listeners, for more information about Sunny, one, go to SunnyMelendrez.com. You need to subscribe to his podcast. Also, check out his Facebook page, Sunny Melendrez Motivation. Or you can go to his Instagram and Twitter at Sonny Melendres. And I'm telling you, listeners, go to his Facebook because he is so positive. It is well worth your time. And we will put all of this information in the show notes of this podcast episode. Well, Sonny, this was an honor for us. And I'm very hesitant to stop this conversation because I could keep asking you stories. I have so many still so, that I want to ask you about. Sir, you have an open invitation. Anytime you want, let's do another conversation. This was fantastic. Oh, well, you guys, like I said at the beginning, you're just so delightful. And I tell you, the, the, the great thing about being a, a husband and wife team is that you get to live your joy. And so the fact that there is a Steph and, one, and Kevin, I, was, I, was gonna, I almost married you to somebody else, uh, <laughs> Steph and Kevin podcast, it's, I'll tell you, it's joy personified because we need more of this in the world. We need people who are truly happy to be people. And the more we can do that and lead by our example, the more the world will certainly be that much more joyful. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. My pleasure. Because, I, I mean, you guys are, to me, of all the websites and all the podcast connections I've seen, yours is the best. Oh. Kevin! The gold standard <laughs> for podcast websites, for podcast producing, for podcast booking. I mean, first class. First oh. class. Thank you. That just made my day. That absolutely just made my day. I'm crying. <laughs> it's true. Babe. He it's has true. worked so, so hard. Like, this is not in his wheelhouse. This is not what here I do for a living. But he has worked so hard. And I tell him that all the time, how incredible he is. But hearing it from you probably means so much more. So Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank that was amazing. You. Thank you. My pleasure. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. It's completely free, you guys. This helps us out big time with the folks who track this stuff. If you haven't already, we want to encourage you to please rate or even write us a review on Apple Podcast. We need as many as we possibly can, even if it's just one sentence. Thank you for listening, you guys, and sharing us with your friends. 